I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escovito from Weintraub Tobin. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Board. Late last month, the District Court for the Central District of California granted the defendant's motion for summary judgment in the case San Diego Goals Hockey Club LLC versus Minor Hockey League ECHL. The league's win resolves the league's potential indemnity obligation to the hockey team, the goals. Scott, you think this case presents a cautionary story for transactional attorneys? I do. So this dispute arises out of a 2015 transaction between the league and a group formed to become the San Diego Gulls hockey team. And this deal included the assignment of certain trademarks, including a logo for the team. The assignment agreement specifically referenced three federal trademarks uh, and all common law marks owned by the league incorporating the word gulls, any formative of that word, or a depiction, I should say, or slash and a depiction of a seagull in the context of hockey or hockey team. Uh, And the agreement also assigned to the gulls, the team, a list of social media names that contained the word gulls. Uh, and have been used to promote the team. Uh, Collectively, the agreement defined the registered marks, the common law marks, and all the social media handles as, quote, intellectual property. So Josh, do you see anything missing here? Well, there isn't any reference to assets or materials that are protected by copyright. Yeah, that's right. And as you'll see, that's going to be an issue for the team. So you see, after the 2015 transaction between the team and the league, the team was sued by a third party who claimed that the Gull logo infringed uh, his artwork that he titled San Diego Gulls, which this person had registered with the United States Copyright Office. This logo appeared to be the exact same logo that was used for the logo mark acquired by the team from the league. The Gulls spent about $750,000 defending the copyright infringement lawsuit, and then ultimately settled with the plaintiff for about 330,000 bucks. That's pricey. I guess that explains why the team sued the league. They were trying to recover the million dollars plus that they spent on the lawsuit. That's right. So in the lawsuit against the league, the team made two claims. First, there was a breach of contract claim. The the team claimed that in the 2015 agreement, the league represented that it was assigning the copyright in the logo to the team, free and clear of any third-party claims, and that uh, the third-party copyright claim is evidence that the league breached this representation. The second claim that the team brought was a claim for intentional misrepresentation that the league made representations in the agreement that it knew were false or that the league should have known that were false about this, um, you know, about the the rights in the logo. And this um, league therefore made misrepresentations when it stated that it had the right and the authority to transfer the assets, all the intellectual property assets to the goals and that the assets were free and clear of any third-party claims. So the court determined that both of the claims, both the 
breach of contract claim and the misrepresent, misrepresentation claim uh, basically depended upon and would rise and fall on whether or not the 2015 agreement transferred any copyright in the logo. And the 2015 agreement only referenced the trademarks and various social media accounts owned by the league. It didn't reference any copyrights. When a court interprets a contract, the general rule is that the court must give effect to the mutual intention of the parties as it existed at the time of contracting. And that's Civil Code Section 1636. And such intent is to be inferred, if possible, solely from the written provisions of the contract. However, extrinsic evidence may be offered both to explain an obviously ambiguous term and to reveal latent ambiguity. Did the court find anything ambiguous about the 2015 agreement? No, the court found that the 2015 agreement was really unambiguous. It found that the agreement unambiguously defines the scope of the assets being transferred and that it doesn't include any copyright in the logo. As you note, the agreement specifically referenced registered marks and common law marks and a host of social media accounts, but no reference to any copyright assets were included. The terms of the agreement do not contain any ambiguity, at least that's what the court found. And, um, and the court similarly found that the agreement contained no affirmative representation at all about any copyright in the logo. So there went the team's misrepresentation claim. I certainly agree that this case presents lessons for transactional attorneys in deals like these. One is certainly to make sure that you have a good understanding of all of the intellectual property that should be acquired or divested through the transaction. Uh, a logo is a graphic design and that has copyright elements. And so that's something that needs to be accounted for in the transactional documents. Oh, for sure. The other is to make sure that you are always being as inclusive as possible. And I might even suggest being over-inclusive. Right, this is where lawyers get a bad rap for using three words to describe a single thing. But, you know, maybe that additional word here might have saved the gulls a million bucks. If I were the lawyer for the team, not only would I have included uh, copyright material in the list of acquired assets, but I probably would have thrown in a catch-all reference to any and all forms of intellectual property related to the word gulls or any formative of that word or any depiction of a seagull in the context of hockey or a hockey team. And I probably would have thrown in references to patents and trade secrets for good measure. Well, I think that would have uh, really helped out in this situation, Scott. This is a really interesting case. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for tuning into this installment of the briefing by the IP Law Blog. For additional content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and podcast. And you can also visit our website at www.theiplawblog.com. Thank you.